Hello, and welcome to In Trust. My name is Rick Kitagawa. And my name is Lisa Lombard. And thanks for joining us for our show about the most valuable asset today, trust. Today, we're thrilled to be joined by Rebecca Kirstein Rush. And if you don't yet know Rebecca, we're especially excited to bring her to you today. She is an uber connector and a visionary leader who is deeply committed to putting ideas in the service of people. She is the founder and CEO of Inkly, a technology venture that's working to do for knowledge what Google has done for information, making it universally accessible by engaging human capital around the world. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you here too. Rebecca, for folks who are just meeting you for the first time, could you share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Who I am and what I do. Yes, I can. I am, well, I I think in my intro, you said it really, really quite well that, yeah, I'm really interested in putting ideas in the service of people. So there is a lot of really great ideas out there. And um, I've always been really, really drawn to how can we make those ideas work well for people? So whether that's a business or an organization of any kind, a not-for-profit, my interest really lies in, in human beings and, and making our lives better. And, you know, that's the promise of many products and many services and doesn't always deliver and certainly doesn't make things better for our planet. So that's really a little bit about what drives me. And I have always been interested in technology and how technology can serve people. And I find that's one of the areas we we fall down the most is, is creating technology that tends to make our lives more complicated and disconnected in, in many ways, even though that's an unintended goal. So I accidentally landed in this role as the CEO of Inkly in trying to solve problems for real people. And so that's how I ended up here today was really looking to solve problems for people of all ages, really, but my initial focus was young people. And how do we make the experience of of wayfinding, figuring out who we are and what matters to us and and how we want to work in the world in service of what we care about. And that's where it all began. So that's a little bit about me. Awesome. And Rebecca, how would you describe the difference you're making specifically in terms of maybe going into a little bit more detail about exactly what Inkly does for all of our listeners and the work that you do around really empowering others? Yeah, that's a great question, Rick. My Inkley's purpose, which is deeply aligned with my own unique purpose in the world, which is helpful, (laughs) is, uh, is, is really that everyone can become who they believe they can be. So we sometimes get compared to job finding, education tools, learning tools, all those kinds of things. And, and we, are, we are all of that and we are none of that all at the same time in that we are really in service of, of people discovering who they believe they can be. So really that mindset shift around, you know, we, we tend to grow up in the family we grow up in, the postal code that we grow up in, the country or the city that we grow up in. And we really are often, even though we have so much access to technology, we are limited to becoming what we see around us or the people that we love or the people that we go to school with or learn from. And those limitations don't need to be there anymore. We really can be exposed to bigger ideas and roles and industries and jobs and 
making change in a way that we never thought possible. And we have all the tools to make that happen. And we have all the tools to democratize access to those kinds of services and tools and resources. And so I think it's a really unique time to be alive. We can, we can really create opportunities for everyone to equally have access to becoming who they believe they can be. And that's really what Inkly is all about. And it's just really brought together all of the things that I've ever done in my life and all of the things that I care about is really helping other people become who they believe they can be. And that's really what, what Inkly is all about. I think that's an incredibly profound insight about the need to propel people to explore possibility beyond what they can see immediately in front of them. And I'm really curious, why, why is that so important to you to push forward in that area? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's deeply important to me in that, you know, I grew up in a part of the world that I am incredibly privileged to live in. And, you know, I had a lot of access to education and, you know, I had a great family and and a great network of, of people around me and a supportive community. And I still took a really long time to figure out what my place was in all of that. I had a real drive to serve others. And one of my great mentors and and friends um, always says, you are the work. And it took me a really long time to figure out what that meant for me. Even after I heard those words, I really um, have put a lot of focus in my life in my own work and where I fit into the world. And I kind of happened on that by accident. It didn't, this was not a path that was laid out for me. I didn't have the tools and resources. You know, I grew up sort of just before we had access to the world's information at our fingertips. And so I, I only knew what I saw around me and none of it fit. And I didn't know where I fit. Fast forward many years, I became a mom to my daughter, Maddie, and she was born a uniquely creative individual who sang before she could talk and (laughs) was an incredible communicator from birth. And when she was really young, I really started to really explore everything from education to learning to neuroscience, you know, how our brains work, how human beings learn, what motivates us, all of those kinds of things were deeply interesting to me. And through having a child of my own, it really became apparent that I needed to give her access to better opportunities to learn than I had and discover who she believed she could be and ultimately become that, which is an ever evolving process. You know, we will never get there. None of us will be on our deathbed going, yep, we got it. We landed it. We, we became who we thought we could be. It's a, a constant evolving process. I, I think it's so amazing how you've been able to kind of stitch together all of these different interests that was all in service of your daughter, right? It's like you're going into neuroplasticity and neuroscience and learning and education, and you were really just trying to make the world a better place for someone else. And you mentioned how you sort of found yourself on this path by accident. However, you've been able to really take it and run with it full steam ahead. And how would you say that trust has played into that decision for you to take this and keep going with it? I love that question. Yeah, I I spent a lot of time and still do spend a lot of time wondering about the question of trusting yourself, right? Like I grew up in an environment in which, you know, you went to high school, you had to get good grades so you could get into college or university. And, and, you know, that was certainly the expectation in the world I grew up in. And 
it didn't fit for me. And so I really had to trust my own internal drive. You know, I went straight out of a high school and, and ultimately ended up going to photography school and becoming a photographer and, and going down this really, in my family, quite a different path and a very entrepreneurial path. And even though my parents didn't quite get it, they were really supportive of, of who I wanted to be. And it, it was really, that was really pivotal for me because everything I heard and saw around me told me that that was a bad idea, you know, that, that so many people don't succeed on that path. And I really had to trust myself and trust my own instincts. And ultimately, where I found any success at all was in trusting others on that learning journey, you know, trusting mentors, trusting advisors, trusting people that had gone before me and learning from them and learning from their mistakes learning from their successes. And so I always sought out other people. I always sought out people who had gone before me and, and, you know, really dug in and anyone who knows me knows I love to talk. And so, um, you know, I really did just follow that path and trust myself and trust the people that I met along the way to provide me with guidance and support. And I think, yeah, trust plays into that in a big way. I think it's really fascinating that you sort of, leverage this trust in others to build the trust in yourself it sounds like to me rebecca and i i wonder mm -hmm. and, and i think a lot of people have this hesitation when we're talking about trusting others is that how do i know i can trust them and i wonder do, do you feel like in such a state where you're so in a way vulnerable and you're trying to figure out yourself and you're going out paving this path that you've never really seen done before how did you vet your mentors? Or how did you, I guess the question also is, do you ever feel like you got burned by trusting the wrong person in that process? And then how do you course correct from that? Oh, yeah, there's a lot of good questions in that. And that actually is, it has been really pivotal for me. And I think at a, at a pretty young age, I figured out that most of the world operates on, you give me a reason to trust you, and then I'll trust you. And I recognize really early that I trust, I just innately trusted people. And, and I, I operated on this other paradigm where I just believed people were trustworthy. And I operated as such until they gave me a reason not to trust them. And if you know anyone that, that knows me, you know, once you give me a reason not to trust you, it's pretty hard to earn that back. But I wholeheartedly go into relationships believing that people are trustworthy and expecting them to be. And for in large part, that has really worked well for me. And people have been in support of, of me or my vision or my idea or in friendship, whatever it has been. And yeah, I've been burned like anyone else has been burned um, by trusting others. But the trade-off in not trusting people as the default is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, a far more painful path. So entering into any relationship, believing that the other person is as trustworthy as you are, you see signs pretty quick when people aren't as trustworthy as you are, and you, you develop a sense for that. And even then, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't make them bad or wrong. I just operate differently with people that I feel a little bit uncertain about trusting because of some of their behaviors have indicated to me that I can't necessarily trust them. Then, you know, that's, that's way harder to earn back. But I find that people are really receptive when you just trust them. They let go a little bit and start to trust you. I love that. I think that's really bold. And it's really brilliant at the same time as a way to, to go through and just have that trust in yourself and that confidence and choosing possibility 
over and over again. And you have this amazing track record of taking ideas and really big, bold, ambitious ideas that would scare a lot of people and putting them into action. And I'm curious, where does your persistence come from? That's a good question. (laughs) I don't even know if I have the answer to that question. I definitely recognize and and maybe, you know, actually just, you know, thinking and thinking and processing that at the same time, I think that my trust in myself and my own integrity and my ability to trust others really drives that. Big ideas never, ever happen alone. You know, you cannot conceive of a big idea and expect that you will drive that to existence without the support and help and brilliance of others. And so along with a default of trust, I also really default to collaboration, collective brilliance, whatever you want to call it. Nothing awesome has ever been achieved alone in, in my worldview. You know, I've never, I've never seen it. <laughs> um, it certainly often requires someone to hold the vision and, and, and to drive it forward and to really be persistent, but it never, ever happens alone. And so that trust is, is everything. Being able to trust others and being trustworthy is ultimately what gets these visions and, and ideas off the ground. So I think my persistence comes from, um, comes from that trust. I, I believe that others trust me my team, my family, you know, the people around me, um, the people that we draw to our work and our organization, because it's, it's based in, in trust. I trust that the world needs what I'm building too, right? And what we're creating as a, as a team. And so that alone, you know, drives everything. You know, we are, we are a very purpose-driven organization at Inkly, and I'm a very purpose-driven person because I don't know how else to get up in the morning without, <laughs> without a purpose. And uh, yeah, I think, I think ultimately it is actually trust that drives that. That's so cool. I love how you're really just articulating, you're articulating the generosity that I see in how you lead and how you lead your team and how the trust in yourself has really allowed you to build up that team and the trust with others, right? And that's been able to really help you kind of catapult the amount of work and change that you're making in the world. And, you know, I'd I'd say anyone can see that you're really shaking up things in the social impact sector, uh, especially as one of the few women heading up a tech company in this space. And I know that I'm sure we have a lot of listeners out there who would love to know what practical advice might you be able to give someone who is looking to unlock possibility in the social impact sector? Hmm. What advice? Despite the fact that my work is so purpose-driven, it took me a really long time to be able to articulate the purpose in a way that encompassed all of what this means to me, you know, in the same way that, you know, I want to live in a world where people can become who they believe they can be, and that that can evolve and change over and grow over time. Being able to articulate what that was, you know, it was like I was interested in so many things, psychology and learning and collaboration and, you know, building big dreams and, you know, all the different work that I've done in the world. 
it took me a really quite a long time to articulate that purpose in a meaningful way. And so I think, you know, I'm a big fan of, of tools like designing your life and, and um, you know, really kind of looking at not only the mission of your work and your organization, but like your own personal purpose and, and why you get up in the morning. And if those two things are misaligned, then that is a real disconnect. And so how do we deeply understand our own purpose as an individual build organizations that have purpose that other people share and keep those two things aligned. Because I think that's where we often, you know, my purpose as an individual can evolve and change. And I'm still driven by, by the purpose of this organization because it is so deeply rooted in what I believe about being human and the human experience. And so even though this organization will grow and change and I will grow and change, I don't see myself ever not being behind this mission or this vision because it's so deeply rooted in what I believe in being human. So yeah, I guess, I guess my advice in that is get really clear on who you are and what lights you up and what you really believe and, and find the others. They're out there, the people who believe what you believe and will we'll be in support of that when you're clear and, um, and you're aligned with the mission and vision of your organization and the purpose of your organization. That's so integral to pushing the boulder over the hill that, <laughs> that is required to build a social impact uh, organization. You know, there's, it's no easy feat and there's no roadmap and <laughs> recipe. And, you know, and so when you can stay aligned in that way and really get clear about your purpose individually as a human being and the organization, that all gets a lot easier. I'm really grateful that you've emphasized the clarity piece. Cause I think we talk about a lot about finding your purpose, but we don't talk about the work to get clear about it. And I think the visionaries who are truly visionaries are able to get that clarity of their purpose in a way that they can share it with other people and do like you you've done and you're doing and bringing other people into that vision to co-create it then together. So speaking just from that visionary piece, we'd love to know what's coming up for you. And frankly, Oh, so much. <laughs> Yeah, we are we are at a really uh, pivotal time in our organization. Uh, we're kind of pushing that boulder over the hill, as it, as it were, in you know some really big partnerships that some of which I can't even announce yet. Some really awesome humans being added to our team. Yeah, there's there's some big stuff coming up. Some pilots that we are launching to really start. Um, you know, it's it's one thing to have a clear vision of how we can use technology to start supporting people in, you know, it, we've got lots of job boards and, and tools and things out there. And to me, there's a big difference between finding a job and discovering your way to a life you want to live and work that you want to do within that life. And so there aren't a lot of tools for that. And there are a lot of great tools and processes and resources out there. And one of the things that we are really aligned on is is not reinventing the wheel, but in, you know, finding the others and convening people that are really driven by the same purpose that we are in supporting others to find their way and find meaningful work and um, meaningful learning opportunities and just grow as individuals. And, you know, that's a really fuzzy space. It, you know, there is no one size fits all. Everybody's path is different. And so we will be constantly 
designing and iterating and falling on our face and trying again and and you know really just continuing to listen to the people that we are here to serve in order to build tools that actually help them and it's yeah there's a lot there's a lot happening in the space right now so we have some some really amazing ecosystem of partners we've been building over many many years and so we'll be we'll be announcing some pretty big pilots soon and we will ultimately get our product into the hands of users and just continue making it better before it's live to the general public and that's what's coming next is our beta testing and you know building community and really uh, getting out there in a more meaningful way I, I i would say we've been incubating you know there's people know we're up to but they don't really yet (laughs) and so (laughs) we are on the cusp of really sharing that with the world in in a much more meaningful way so that's really exciting that is so awesome i'm so anxiously stoked i guess i don't know if that's a a saying but i'll say i am anxiously It it is now right i'm anxiously stoked to hear what all of the magic that is coming down the pipeline for you, Rebecca. Where can people find out about you and Inkly if they would like to learn more? Our website, there's space right now to sign up. Our, our website is constantly evolving and iterating too. So even that will be changing soon, but you can always go to uh, Inkly.com, which is I-N-Q-L-I.com and sign up for updates there. So we're sharing lots of information with partners, investors, um, you know, everyone um, and keeping people updated that way. And uh, you can find me on LinkedIn and connect with me there. That's probably the most public space where, you know, what I'm up to in the world is is shared and and more, more to come. But those are the two best places to find me now. Great. We'll definitely put those links in the show notes for all of our listeners to keep track of, of what's coming up with you. That's pretty much it from us. Thank you so much for joining us today and for all that you do, Rebecca. Right back at you. Thank you both, Rick and Lisa. It's just a thrill to see your work live in the world too. And this topic is just so integral to all of our lives and all of our businesses. So thank you for what you do. Thank you. All right, folks. Thanks to you too for listening to this week's episode with Rebecca Kirstine Rush. If you enjoyed this conversation, please join us again next time for In Trust. And don't forget to hit subscribe. Thanks for listening to the In Trust podcast. And if this resonated with you, be sure to subscribe or follow and leave us a review. We would also love for you to share with a friend because after all, trust is an infinite game and it's better together. And now a quick word from our sponsors. Do you trust the healthcare system to provide you with the highest quality of care when you're in need? COVID-19 has been a great illuminator, revealing the deep inequities in healthcare access and health outcomes by race, gender, socioeconomic status, and place. This medical mistrust experienced by many Black, Indigenous, Latino, Latina, Latinx, and other people of color immigrants and LGBTQ plus people creates enormous barriers and is actually well-placed and based in centuries of racism from medical experimentation to race-based algorithms to present-day policies, actions, and outcomes that are steeped in white supremacy. We'd like to invite you to Understanding and Addressing Medical Mistrust, a live, virtual, two-part panel discussion where panels of experts will explore medical mistrust, past, present, and future. 
whether you work in the healthcare system or rely on it. Join us on Monday, November 30th and Monday, December 7th to learn about the origins of medical mistrust, the many ways it persists today, the multifaceted approaches needed to remedy, and actions you can take to help shape a practical path forward towards transforming the healthcare system into one that earns and deserves our trust and provides high-quality, culturally literate, empathetic care to all. Learn more and sign up today at spotlighttrust.com slash medical dash mistrust. We hope to see you there.